In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is Highway 61 Revisited. Uh... Well, see, normally I put in something funny here, but I can't think of anything funny or creative, so I'll just play the theme song. Want to hear about the greatest albums of all time? But you're just too busy to look it up on line. Want to hear four guys are talking, and then they get off track? Hey, man. Well, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. That's this so week good. is a Bob Dylan Highway 61 revisited. That's I want so to put good. in one of those whistles. I want to put in one of those whistles to the wee-oo, wee-oo. Wee-oo. And I spent no less than 30 minutes looking up that whistle online to see how to find the sound. Like then I stopped. The siren doing it. whistle. Then I got pretty bored doing I think it. Bob plays that. Bob plays that one himself. Yeah. So he's listed, but I got some interesting facts about that. There's a great Rolling Stone article about the making of this album. If you want to, I would say turn off this podcast. Go to your computer, type in www.whatever article I'm talking about, Rolling Stone. It's a great article. Read it. (laughs) Hey, everybody. This is Beck Did It Better. We are four music experts. I wrote that down, so it's true. I have Matt in Minneapolis. He's like the guitar of this group. You need him here all the time. Matt, say hi for us, please. How we doing? How we doing? Then I have Aaron in California. He's like the Bob Dylan of the group. He's done a lot of stuff with music, but now he's kind of just a grouch who sits around at home. Matt, Aaron, how are you doing in California? (laughs) I'm doing great in California. It's 89 degrees in my house, and I'm on my porch and <laughs> talking to you guys. And I have Russ from Minnesota, who's like the lyrics of this album. He's always going to surprise you with his brilliance. Russ, how are you doing? Rob, I'm doing great. I'm just like Bob Dylan said. I try my best just to be like I am, even though everyone wants me to be like them. <laughs> oh, my God. And <laughs> the podcast. You're genius. And then there's me, Rob from New York. I'm like Bob Dylan's harmonica. It's cool for a little bit, and then there's too much of it, and you want it to stop. All right. So today we're talking about one of the most famous albums of all time. Uh, It really is. It's the number four album on the Rolling Stone Top 500 Greatest Albums. And this really is a crossroad of folk and rock. It kind of brings it all together. A lot of people say this album started the 60s. But before we get into that, let's let's do something a little more important. Guys, rolling going. How's it rolling going? Aaron, how's it rolling going? And by the Uh, way, that's the segment name, rolling going. Great name. Rolling going. I'm very happy to be talking about how it's going. Uh, it's really hot, as I mentioned, in Oakland. Uh, it got above 90 today, which means my house is 89. Uh, but the one thing I'm really excited about that I wanted to share with you guys is a uh, an update on my love of the radio. I oh, forgot Jesus. that I joined. Uh, I became a member of KCSM 91.1 Jazz Radio, and uh, what I got eventually for being a member is a tiny radio that is powered by a hand crank and uh i just I'm sounds so like me in junior high it. yeah totally my son was excited about it i'm excited about it so these are the wonderful things that happen in your life if you listen to the radio yep. for only ten dollars a month they send him a letter it says how to tune what frequency to tune to and you can listen to it for free you're a sucker aaron you got suckered into the free radio $10 a month member supported radio yeah isn't that one of those things though you pay you pay ten bucks a month. Isn't that one of those like just dumb things that you collect that you're like, hey, just keep this and put the money back into the station instead of sending me this stupid piece of crap? No, man, I'm so stoked about this radio. Also, we're about to have. So I don't know. I don't want to get too far into it, but we're about to have rolling power outages. We're going to have a terrible fire season out here. So I'm certain that the hand crank radio is going to come in handy. I'm so stoked. It's the end. It's the end of the world as you know it, and you're going to be like. 
Oh my God, I love this song. Crank, 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 you crank, 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 crank. Fine, yep. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, sweetie, if I crank this for five minutes, it powers for 30 I'll seconds. Oh, it's so good. Computer love over the radio. Computer love. Feeling good. All right, Matt, rolling, going. How's it going? Good, good, good. Glad to be here. Uh, hashtag rolling, going, by the way. Check us out on Twitter, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> at Beck did it better. Twitter page is blowing up right now. All right. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm up at the, the family cabin up in the great state of uh, North Dakota, my wife's family. So going to have a great week on the water, hanging out with cousins, stuff like that. So it's go- rolling, going great where I'm sitting. Awesome. Russ, rolling, going. How's it going? What are you into? Well, I've started on a burgundy tonight, but soon I'm going to be hitting the harder stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get lost in wars when it's Easter time. <laughs> it's really interesting. Since we got into these older albums, we started with the Beatles and the Beach Boys. I started thinking, I wonder if my mom has any of these records. I knew she had all this this record collection, but I've never had a record player. I've never collected records. So I went over to her house and I just asked her, hey, can I just raid the record collection in the basement and see what you have down there? And so I went over there and I opened it. And first I had to throw away about... 400 VHS tapes to get to the records like every slam dunk contest from the 90s was on on VHS in my basement <laughs> everything had to be thrown away every Super Bowl for 20 years had to be thrown away <laughs> what did you at least watch the Isaiah Ryder oh, slam dunk the East Bay contest junior yeah. JJR shout out Alameda California I, I kept the East Bay funk no doubt so I started coming across these albums and I thought maybe I could share with you guys some of the albums I came across Oh, please do. And you did this after talking to your mom? I told my mom that I was going to go check out her her albums that were... It's, 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 it's time for one-on-one with Russell's mom. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I apologize. Not really. So I played that wildly inappropriate sting for her, and she said, you can either go down there and look at the albums, or you can just leave my house and never come back. So I decided to go down there and start fiddling through some of the albums. And I, It's called a podcast, Mom, and if you don't like it, I'm going to go to the basement. I thought I would just share some of the ones that I came across, and then I might need some advice on how I'm supposed to go about using these albums in a second. But can I share some of the exciting ones that I came across? Yeah, I'm, I'm Please. This. this is extremely my shit. We're on Tenterhook. So the first one I came across that I thought was really exciting was Meet the Beatles, their first album. I thought that was pretty awesome that oh, my mom had Meet the Beatles. Yeah, she's in on the ground yeah, floor of that stuff. Yeah. What's the, does that have Love Me Do yeah. on it or Please Please Me maybe? We're not at that album yet, Aaron. I don't know that. <laughs> have that knowledge Fair in enough. front of me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no research. <laughs> did, did we not figure out from the last out. podcast that I'm out. not supposed to be prompted with unprompted <laughs> questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Get out of your way. Russell's off Russell's off script. He's, he's going to get mad. He's off script. <laughs> we also had The Best of the Beach Boys Volume 2 which had surfing songs and Help Me Rhonda, so that's pretty awesome. A great. She had Aretha live at the Fillmore West. Oh, wow. Oh. That's good stuff. Matt, I think you would like this one Harvest by Neil Young. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a really good one. Yep. So good. One, Top 10. One that may be controversial with Aaron down the road, Fleetwood Mac Rumors. I got a lot to say about that one. Oh, oh my God. Such a banger after banger. Another one that we've covered already in a special bonus podcast that maybe will be released someday is Goodbye Yellow Brick Road by Elton John. Wait, so in the Venn diagram oh. of Russell's mom's records and Aaron's mom's records, we have Goodbye that's Yellow Brick Road. That's where we cross. Yeah. That's where we crossed. Nailed it. Nailed it. 
Guys, the whole internet just went crazy. Oh my God, my computer just shut down. I'm getting so many emails. I can't believe it. They both had the same record. It was only one of the top selling records of the 70s. Oh my God. Wait a minute. Your mom breathes oxygen too? Oh my God. Another album that is definitely going to cause controversy with this group is Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. I have that one. It's so good. Kind of basic. And then the Speaking final of harmonica. Two, my, my favorite one that I came across is... The Star Wars original soundtrack on record. Wow. Yes. Oh, and then, of John course, Williams. the second one I came across was Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass. <laughs> <laughs> it's his greatest hits, so I don't so know didn't... if it includes songs from whipped cream and other fancy things. <laughs> so, But here's where I really need your advice. Could I, could I go to the advice corner? Would that work for you guys? Let's get into the corner. Let's do this. You know, and again, I was just about to do that. It looked like I was looking at something else, but I definitely... <laughs> Get, 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 get to the corner. It's time for Russell's Advice Corner. Oh, yeah. Now, for those of you who are just tuning in, Russell's Advice Corner is not where Russell gives us advice. It's where we listen to Russell's question and then make jokes about it and don't actually give any useful advice at any time. So, If, if listeners have advice, too, they can call in, can't they? Yeah, Rob? we got a phone line, 802-277-BECK. <laughs> Call the Beck line. Leave a, leave a number. So far, all the messages have been very rude and disrespectful. Hold, hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. I, I got I got to write that down. What was that number again? 802-277-BECK. All right. All right. So here's where I need your advice. I stole all these records from my mom. I took two grocery bags home with me. So I've got about, that was gonna be my question. I've got about 50 yeah. records that I took. She knew I was taking them. She was totally fine okay. with it. Okay. I, I picture Russ going out like the window of the basement with two bags and running Sticking out. Bob's like, out. Russell! Yeah, stealing from all of us is a theme on this podcast. Didn't Rob talk about stealing from his mom in the last one? Oh, no, come on. That was just cash. <laughs> the floodlight in the back where that only turns on with motion, like a motion attack yeah. all of a sudden flashed on as she started yelling at me. And she's like, what are you doing out in the backyard? You're hugging against the wall, just going. <laughs> I'm toilet papering the neighbor's house. It's just getting way out of control. But so my first piece of advice is, that Russell is boy, he's back. if I've never had a record player, is it okay if I get a record player that's one of these $100 record players that has the speakers built right into it? Or do I need to pay lots of money to get some super fancy setup? I have a very long story. Well, we're just going to wait for Aaron to answer I, this. I have a very long story about turntables. Uh, I think it's fine. The last turntable I bought was a $300 turntable, but I ended up uh, paying more. <laughs> I ended up paying double that because the guy at the turntable shop was like, no, no, no. If I pull out the regular uh, amp that's in there and give you a different line, like yank out the USB and then give you a better ground, it's going to be better. So I ended up spending about 600 bucks on the turntable, but uh, you can definitely get one. Aaron's wife is on. Aaron's wife is on the porch of them looking at him like, <laughs> doubles three hundred dollars. No, he saw your Iowa player. tattoo, didn't he? Said I'm going to take this guy. I didn't know that turntable salesmen were like car salesmen. This seems like a yeah. complete racket. The best part of this story: yeah. Oh, yeah. this guy lived in in a, like he had converted uh, an apartment building into a record store, uh, record uh, equipment shop, and uh, it took me like six weeks to get an appointment to get in there. And then when I bought the turntable, it took me like another two weeks to get it. And then. When it was ready, I had to go take my father-in-law with me to pick up the turntable. And my father-in-law, I'm like trying to like not let him see how much I'm spending on this turntable. <laughs> you know, like taking food out of his grandson's mouth. But uh, anyway, I, oh think, my I God. think to start with, yeah, definitely get one of those like suitcase turntables. Like check it out, see if you like it. And I think that's totally fine. My second question is, does 
a record player or a turntable really provide any sort of different audible experience, or is it going to be the same as me listening oh. to songs through my phone? Oh, it's so warm. It's so it is, warm. Yeah. So warm. You can hear the crackle. You know what's great is when you have a record that gets a little warped and then it sounds all fucked up for the rest of the time. Ooh, and it's so big and you got to store it somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's my favorite part. And then you go to the car and you want to listen to the record, but you can't because it's a car. There's a record player in the car. Ooh, yeah. And you know what the problem with your phone is? You always have it with you. It's always on. It always will play that next one. No problem. So no, you should definitely get a record player. about all of this. Russell, have you been listening to all of these top 500 albums on your phone? Just like playing on your phone speaker? What other, what other, my guess no is most of our listeners, anything? Aaron. Uh-oh. My guess. The schism. My guess is most of our listeners do not have a record player. Here's the thing. I'm not a guy who will say vinyl sounds better because I honestly don't know how I could tell in a blind taste test. I like the rit- Matt's into ritual. I like I like the ritual of putting on an album. I like that it forces me to sit and listen to a whole album. But I but I do have qualms with listening to music over phone speakers. I mean, the phone speakers are better now than they used to be, but but they're not the same. I would say most of the time I'm listening to headphones through my phone. Yeah, yeah. But then, then I yeah, then, that's, then yeah. I have those moments where I don't list put both headphones in and I miss half the lyrics on an album because I'm I'm not aware of this classic stereo classic deal. mistake. Yeah, I think headphones on streaming are like that's a perfectly acceptable way to listen to music. But if you're just listening, if you're just like playing it out loud on your phone, I think you're missing out. Yeah, I, I will say last time when uh, Russell announced that Yellow Submarine was a great instrumental of the Beatles, I thought that was strange. <laughs> I'll say this, you know, having the physical record and looking at the album, looking at the cover, you know, we used to do this with CDs, you know, you'd open it up and you'd open up that big sheet and look at the song. Some of them have lyrics, things like that. That's something people just don't experience right now. Uh, You just go to your phone, go to whatever system you have to listen to your music. And there's something about putting a record on, looking at that album, flipping it over, being careful with the record when you take it off. That just it gives it just a little bit more reverence for the music, and that sounds super corny, and I get it, but it's kind of fun in today's digital age of doing everything to have something physical to touch and put on, and just that's exactly it seems what cool, I'm talking about at least to me. Audio Technica—that's my turntable. Audio Technica—I finally remembered. Yeah, it sounds more like an experience, Matt. It's an experience. Yep, kind of like live music. And so finally, the third and most important thing is. I would say porno porno magazines are very similar. <laughs> Way different than watching it online. You flip them, you touch them. But you leave, they leave more to the imagination. I would imagine you're careful with them. I think most importantly, though, what I really want to know is: is there any way that I can use the fact that I'm now an owner of a record player? to do better in the online dating world. Can I change my profile to show that I'm a record player owner or does that just make me a pretentious douchebag? Yeah, no, you're going to get a, like a lineup of full on dorks who want to hang out with you. But if you like dorks, like then you're good, man. Horny dorks, dude. (laughs) True. Yeah. And it's not our college. That's our college. man. That's two I, I, words to describe it right there. Here's the thing, Russell. Here's the thing. And, and, and tell, stop me if I'm wrong here. You don't have any kids, right? Not that I'm aware of or going to admit yeah, to I'm okay. living with you. Right. <laughs> and you have a pretty good job. Yes. So here's the deal. I would go and buy a $20,000 record player because nobody's going to wreck it. You know what I mean? Like you should do whatever you want. You should get the most expensive stuff and live it up, right? I would be, yeah. I would be getting the most expensive 
you know, lo-fi system I could in my house. And then just take a picture with you on a like a bearskin rug, which you should also purchase, just lying across <laughs> kind of in front of it. Light a fire. And over your genitals is a copy of Herb Alpert and Whipped Cream Delights. <laughs> and that is your new Bumble profile. And I guarantee something will happen. Don't ever invite Rob over because if you do buy that said uh, record player, he will put a pizza on it and turn it on and just see, see it go around and around. He's the one who will wreck it. When I play the pizza backwards, it feels like it's speaking to me. I really appreciate the advice because luckily I already have the bearskin rug. I've taken the picture with Herb Albert, and all I need to do now is get that $20,000 turntable, and I'm You're just going to be racking in the ladies. It, it's good. golden. Thank you, guys. I appreciate going to the corner. I also want to say you said a lot of our fans don't have record players, but I will say according to our downloads, we're the only ones downloading this podcast. So I would say <laughs> at least half of us, half of our fans do have a record player. All right. So now we have an unprecedented double. That's it. Time's up. Get out of the corner. That was Russell's advice corner. Oh, yeah. All right. That's enough. Break it up, you two. That was one on one. Russell's mom. Oh yeah. <laughs> we gotta put the we gotta put the parentheses on the end of that one. Rob, how are you doing? How's, um, it, how's it rolling? Oh my for gosh! Rob? I was just gonna make fun of you guys for not saying anything. I will tell I you right now. I'm this time. I'm happy as a clam. I am back in New York, but I do have a problem. I need to make I what? need to make an apology. A problem. I made an yeah. error in the last podcast that I realized when I was editing it. When we were talking about Robert Palmer. I said that he knows how to do beats, and I made the claim the heart of rock and roll is still beating. I realize now that is Huey Lewis. That is not. That is not Robert Palmer. Okay. You owe our audience an apology for that type of thing yes. or not? So I'm going to play the official Beck Did It Better apology. And now an apology from Beck Did It Better. I'd like to take this chance to apologize. <laughs> Absolutely nobody. Beck does it better podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? Screw it. If you were really mad about it, you would have called into the Beck line and nobody did, so bite my balls. All right. Wait a minute. What's that what's that number again? What's that, that number to bite my balls is 802-277-Beck-2325. That's the hey, Beck Rob, line. Rob, I also I also have to come clean. Can I come clean about something? Absolutely. Oh boy. A few weeks ago, we were listening to the Beach Boys and I thought that a song, a country song may have been around. <laughs> And we may have subjected our listeners to about eight minutes that they will never, ever get back. Not subjected. I did did it twice. They enjoyed it. I may have spent an hour or so Googling round and the boondock song or whatever it was called, trying to find any combination of anyone who would call it around. And I didn't quite find that. And I was starting, started getting into researching a cannon versus a round and I couldn't really figure it out. So Rob, we might need to uh, give it the uh, Beck did it better apology here. And now an apology from Beck Russell. did it better. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Beck does it better podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was the best part of the show, Russell. And I, you know what? I doubled up the editing. I played it twice. So it was actually 16 minutes nice. of us digging through a song that none of us have ever heard waiting for a round, which surprise, surprise was at the end. No song has ever started with a round ever. All right. Oh, my God. No, we're not doing this again. We're not doing it. Apologize, Rob. Oh, no. Apologize. <laughs> 
Okay, I'll apologize. No, I won't. I can't do it. I never apologize. All right, that's a that's a philosophy in my life. Uh, all right, so let's real quick. We're talking about Bob Dylan and Highway sixty one revisited. Uh, Anybody have any history with Bob Dylan or this album in general? I want to just say, say no. My, my history with uh, Bob Dylan was that uh, I was always like a fan of Bob Dylan. Um, strangely, I bought at some point, like at Sam Goody, I bought, they had like three CDs for 30 bucks. So that was uh, Another Side of Bob Dylan, Free Will and Bob Dylan, and the times they were changing. Um, so I, that was always what I listened to a lot. Um, I think my favorite Bob Dylan recording is Karina Karina off of uh, Another Side of Bob Dylan, which is not a song that he wrote. Uh, and then weirdly in high school, I got into Time Out of Mind. So I think I'm like the only person who was into that record um but i really loved it um but i mostly like i think he's full of shit but i think he made some great music so i'm excited to talk about this album wow there's a hot take right off the bat matt <laughs> matt what's your history with bob dylan uh i think it's just that i've always known who bob dylan is he's from minnesota we're from minnesota he went to the U. okay mark the you time know, every, we just every, mentioned minnesota i can't i was yeah, waiting for that he, moment uh, Right, you know, and, and everybody from Minnesota. If I think anybody's, I just when you say we're from Minnesota, I just have to clarify that doesn't include me. Well, it's the basement. Yeah, I was you. the basement of Minnesota. <laughs> you're, you're, but anybody who anybody who sneezed in Minnesota once, you know, we try to claim them as our own kind of a deal, right? You know, and so for all intents and purposes, he's one of us, uh, us three, not you, Aaron. I'm sorry, uh, you know, and so, but like. It was just, it was always the the touchy-feely music, and he always had something to say, and it was always protesting something. So growing up, I just, I never cared about mm -hmm. that. Uh, I, you know, I don't know, I, I guess I finally kind of understand him maybe, or at least get the the appeal. The, uh, you know, I think fi I finally heard Bob Dylan for the first time, if you can do that. I listened, I listened to him, but I didn't hear him. Kind of like in White Man Camp Jump, where he can... He can, he can, you can listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear mm. Jimmy. I think I finally mm. heard Bob mm. Dylan here. So oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I thoroughly enjoy listening to it in this, um, this, this track that we're on. There's a lot of Bob Dylan on it. And so it, it's reintroduced me to Bob Dylan in a, in a big way. Bob Dylan, I believe is actually the number one artist on this whole list. He shows up more often than any other artist. He shows up a bunch as himself. And then once in the band, which is a great name where he's just like, just we're the, the band. band. Rob, I feel like you're Fuck uniquely it. positioned to comment yeah. on Bob Dylan because you've lived in as in more places that were like near, you know, like you lived on the Iron Range and you live in New York. Like those are like super Bob Dylan places. Yeah. I lived in, I lived in Duluth. So I, looking at Wikipedia, it's tough because Bob Dylan was actually born in Duluth, but he was raised in right. Hibbing. 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 But he seems to identify a lot with Duluth in a lot of this. I, I think he went to, he went to college in Minnesota and then, yeah, for his recording, he, he went to one year at University of Minnesota Quit right at the end, which is yep. baller move, and then moved out and got a recording contract and was down. And actually, I used to work right down on West Fourth Street at one of my first jobs here in New York. Um, so we're going to talk about the positively uh, Fourth Street, absolutely yeah. Fourth Street or whatever. Yeah, positively Fourth Street. I, I've been to, I've been along that whole area. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I am I am I Bob Dylan? <laughs> yeah, I kind of am. And that's a that's an impression that only I do, and that's not the generic Bob Dylan impression that everybody does. It's very very good. Russ, do you have any do you have any uh, uh, history with Bob Dylan or this album in general? I don't really have any meaningful history with Bob Dylan or the album. I've never actually owned a Bob Dylan CD, and you guys realize that I just stole my first records ever. So I've obviously never owned a Bob Dylan record. 
Uh, I own three Bob Dylan records, which are Bob Dylan, his very first record, uh, Bringing It All Back Home, and John Wesley Harding. So I don't know how I ended up with those three, but I have a very strange, yeah, strange uh, Bob Dylan relationship. I don't. I, I actually don't know if I've heard of any of those albums. I mean, I assume the first one like was his first one. The yeah. other ones, I'm just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Bringing It All Back Home has Tamarine Man on it, so you'd know that. Oh, well, yeah, everybody's favorite. Uh, I, I never really listened to Bob Dylan. I knew all the hits and then I started to play guitar and I got into some Bob Dylan and I wanted to play it. And that's when you realize how crazy his rhythms are. And that's the thing is that when you're a musician like I am, and I think you noticed that in the intro song, <laughs> you just see things at a deeper level. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt that way. About I, this album. I'm like the, I'm like the record of this podcast. I'm like the warmth and the crackle. Ooh, you put the needle and it's, Ooh, it's just a, it's a habit. I think you get it more than you want to give yourself credit for Rob. I, I, this listening to this album, I, I realized that I never gave him credit as a musician um, because I think he's a great musician. And like this album is a really musical and it's like, yeah. I just texted you the other day and I said, I love the freewheeling Bob Dylan more than any other album of his. To me, that's what so Bob Dylan is. It's just him and acoustic guitar. And when I listened to this album, you know, three or four times today, I was just blown away every time. I, th I thought it was, I thought it was just excellent. So where this is on the list, this is number four. It is right behind revolver It is right in front of rubber soul. Guys, if we start a band, the key is to name it with a B word, right? Everyone, all the top five are all B words. Think about it. Now, three of those are the Beatles. It's true. But, and then number six is Barvin Bay. Rob, you know who else is up there with a B word? What's that? Beck did it better. <laughs> yes, we, we did, did it. it. Oh my God. I'm so know. psyched. We did it. We didn't even know. Let's put this album in a little bit of context. So this album came out in 65. This is actually a second album of 65. And I think to really put this into context, you need to know, I, I just want to put this, because we're going to talk a ton about Bob Dylan on this podcast, if we don't quit after this episode. Um, but I, I think that we need to, to think about what Bob Dylan was doing at this time. And basically, guess what? I'll give you a hint. He hated the music he was playing. Apparently, to make your greatest album, you have to be like, we suck. Let's do something different. It would be like if we we're all of a sudden we're like, we're going to do a podcast about muscle cars. And then that's just like the greatest podcast of all time is us talking about muscle cars. That's exactly what all these bands have done. The Beatles, the Beach Boys, Bob Dylan. He was he got done with his sixth album. He was sick of doing the music um, that he was doing. He was living at the Chelsea Hotel. And this explains a ton. He was getting blasted out of his brain on amphetamines. I've stayed at the Chelsea Hotel. That also explains a ton. That is a weird fucking place, man. Yeah. So imagine staying there and you're just high on speed all the time. And he's just right. writing. He's apparently he's just getting high on speed and just writing like books. He's writing pages and pages and pages. And he takes these pages and he goes and he finds this guitar player from this electric band, which at the time, the difference between folk and, and electric guitars was, was just there's this huge uncrossable chasm. Right. And so he showed this electric uh, guitar player he's like oh here's this this book i wrote and it's really great and you should read it and i condense it down and that was um like a rolling stone and it's just it's just la bamba's chords it's the chords from the song la bamba is it really and he's like I, yeah he's like i wrote this song and it's gonna be great and so they went on and recorded this album and in the middle of it he went and played this um, pretty famous concert at the newport festival where he headlined it and he came out 64 yeah, he, he came out hits. in the middle of this and he he played with an electric band and he's wearing like a leather jacket and a yellow shirt and everybody just started booing and of course people now are like well we booed because it was a short set and they said they're going to play for 15 minutes or we booed because the sound was so bad 
And some people say, well, they booed because he's not playing acoustic and these were all folk fans and that was like a major affront to him. But he was so upset by this because he was bored with the sound. He said, I hate myself. I, I can't get into this music anymore. And so then he came out and he released Positively 4th Street as a single. You got a lot of nerve to say you got a helping hand to lend. He hated all these folk people so much that he literally released Positively 4th Street as a blast against all these people he had been doing the folk scene with. And then didn't even put on the album he was working on. He was like, ah, fuck it. I'm putting it out as a single. I'm going to make fun of all these people. Then he went back. So this was like the hit him up of folk music. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was, it was, it was the original diss track. It was the original diss track. <laughs> uh, it's hard to say anything past like six words in a Bob Dylan accent. It's very accent. I like how it's an accent. Like he's from the country of Bob Dylan. Um, and then he came out I think and one he... Of the, one of the interesting things about that festival, Rob, is the first yeah. night he comes out and he plays all his acoustic stuff. And then the second night he closes the festival and that's where he brings out the full band with all the instruments and everything. And so it was very like he had a lot of thought that went into this. Right. And it was very clearly he sings this song, Maggie's Farm or something like that, supposedly, where it's essentially he's stating, I'm done doing what you guys want me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do now. And it's this big moment in rock and roll history. Right. And right. then he went to his mom's basement and stole a bunch of her records. Yes. And he's like, I'm not going to do what you tell me. <laughs> Have you guys seen this movie, Star Wars? It's awesome. He's like, I'm going to play some old Ma Rainey tunes. Maybe his mom wants some old Ma, Ma Rainey records. He's like, I got to play some blues. Oh, it's, it's just, I mean, it's, it's so interesting that each one of these bands we've talked about right before their seminal album. Okay. Is that the right use of that word? It sounds gross to me when I say it, but their, their big album is that they all were like, we hate what we're doing and we hate our fans, right? Like we just hate what they like. We want to do something totally different. And so now all of a sudden you have an album that comes out and it takes folk, the, write, the, the songwriting of folk and combining it with rock and blues and country. And all of, all of a sudden you have this music that when you listen to this after listening to the Beatles and the Beach Boys, the lyrics of this, it's like a child wrote the other albums, at least to me. Like I was listening to the lyrics and I was like, oh, I, I was like, either way. I yeah. am very dumb or I'm very smart that I, I, I just don't understand what but he's talking both, about at any it's time. It's both with Dylan. So I, my, my thing about Dylan being full of shit is I tried to read Chronicles volume one, his, his sort of autobiography. I don't know when it came out. It must've been like our freshman year or in high school. He's completely now imagine full if, of shit. I mean, like, you know, the, to his credit, he's said so much in his music that there's no reason for him to say anything more in, in other media. But he, he's just he's created this persona, and you don't know when he's bullshitting and when he's being a genius. Like, when he's talking about the one-eyed midget, like, mm -hmm. I think that's bullshit. And then when he's talking about Queen Jane, I think that's genius, but it's all in the eye of the beholder. Wait, wait. Does this mean I need to take that quote about the one-eyed midget off my Bumble profile? <laughs> No, because every time I heard that song and I heard I heard that midget word, it gets so uncomfortable. I was like, "Oh, you can't, Bob. You can't say you that. Can't like, say you midget? just can't. You can't say that." The one thing you guys were saying, you were kind of touching on this, Rob. The one thing I kind of got out of listening to this album and some of Bob Dylan's earlier albums is I'm just really drawn into him. When you're listening to his music, you can't help but stop it and say, "Oh, I missed that lyric. I need to go back and listen to that." Yeah. You can listen to the Beatles or the Beach Boys kind of in the background while you're doing other things and just kind of bop along with their songs. When you're listening to these Bob Dylan songs, you, you can't help yourself from stopping and listening and focusing yes. completely on what he's doing. Do you guys get that, yeah. that feeling too? Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. No, and, you know, the uh, 
his writing, right? He's he's epic for his writing. And I think you feel like the Beatles, the Beach Boys, all these people, they are writing to get to a uh, kind of to the end, right? I need to write three, three uh, verses. I need to get to the end. Whereas Bob Dylan was writing 20 pages worth, right? And then condensing that down mm-hmm. into a song. Where some of these feel a lot longer. They're not the three-minute songs. They're not made for the radio. You know, they're five or six verses to go out and stuff like that. And so I think, you know, it, it you that comes through. Like, he took everything he wrote down and condensed it down to, I don't know, 100 words, right? And so you really get the meat and potatoes of what he's trying to say out of that because he is such a prolific writer. That was Matt's smart comment of the week. Ooh, that's some smart shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> guys! I'm not gonna say oh yeah at the end of those. You have to now. That's your thing. Yeah, you are. So dumb. You're gonna be the oh yeah guy. Says something so smart that I'm like oh yeah. Like no one ever wants to talk after Matt's smart shit. That's the only problem. I want to come back to Rosie's. You know, is Bob Dylan full of shit? You know, you look at some of these. There's some great documentaries about Bob Dylan, right? And then he goes out and he writes and he does these, like the 64 Folk Fest, right? And you're like, oh yeah, that's so, that's baller, man, going out there and doing that, right? But he knows full well these people came to hear an acoustic set and hear his old stuff. And then he's just like, here, I'm going to show these guys, right? Like, isn't it just, I mean, it's kind of like Tiger King a little bit. Like you watch it for, this is so great. And then you're like... This is just stupid. This is just stupid. Like, why are you doing this? I do regret watching Tiger I, King. No, no you guys that. are wrong. You guys are wrong. <laughs> yes, Tiger, no. Tiger King opened up everybody's eyes about illegal zoos. It's a great, and it's more like, I agree. <laughs> Tiger King is more like the pet sounds of this list, but we can debate that later. <laughs> Russ, what do you think? The, the other night, Matt mentioned some of the documentaries. The other night, I watched this documentary called Bob Dylan, Roads Rapidly Changing. And it essentially covers his kind of career as this blues cover artist at the beginning and he becomes this impressionist of other folk singers he's not even really a writer at the beginning and then he kind of emerges onto this folk scene in new york and then he develops into this songwriter this amazing songwriter and he becomes part of the civil rights movement he played at the march on washington i didn't even know that did you guys know that yeah yeah then i didn't know that god i was the only one who didn't know it I'm the dumb one of the podcast. Damn it. Either way, though. But then eventually he kind of moves away from these protest songs and becomes somewhat he's looking in at himself as opposed to like looking at all these big social issues. And it's what really amazed me about this is he did this at like the age between like the age of 20 and 25. And if you think about it, it's it's a pretty amazing progression for someone to have this big of an impact on music by the time they're 22, 23 years old. And he's already gone electric here at like 25. It. He's had such a huge career in like a four-year period before he's even at the age of 25. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? You're 100% right. And then like, why wouldn't that fuck you up? That was Brian Wilson too. He was he was like 25 yeah. when he did Pet Sounds. It's like the Billie Eilish of his time. Guys, we, we're, we're way past our prime. We're like, we should be making albums twice as good. Think about it. Math. Another, another, another point with uh, Russell just brought up there. You know, so he plays all of these... Uh, protests, you know, and he's at all these marches and everything. And then the media will ask him, like, well, what do you, you know, you're 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 the voice of a generation. What do you think? And he's like, well, I don't know, man. I just play songs. And it's like, well, you know where you're playing these mm-hmm. songs at. Like, you got to be trying to say something. Don't try to be hiding behind it. Everybody wanted to come out and be the, this is Joan yep. Baez. Is that who he was? Yeah, who, I think he was the, with Joan you know, Baez. They wanted him to be Joan Baez. Yeah, and, you know, and she wanted him to be 
on That's her level. That's the part I give him credit for is that he's like, look, I said it in my song. Like, what more? Like, he maybe wasn't comfortable talking about it, and he said it all in his music. But I'm never yeah. sure when he's just bullshitting. But then I feel like he was. Tr- I kind of felt like he was trying to hide behind it. You know, every do- I've watched three or four documentaries. It feels like he's always trying to say, like, no, nah, man, I just write in song. He's not saying, I've never heard him say, and I saw this some of me, I have to go back and look at it, say, I-, I say everything in my songs. It's like he's trying to say, I just write songs. I- whenever people s- want to think about it, that's uh, fine. Okay, I don't yeah, care. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, I get it. Yeah. all right. Guys, come on. Is, is Bob Dylan the Bill Belichick of rock and roll? Yes, where he doesn't definitely he is. just he does he lets his work he do doesn't the talk to the media right wouldn't wouldn't yep. Bill Belichick be I'm not the dumb such one a better coach if he always did the Bob, everything he did in the Bob Dylan voice he's like on to Cincinnati next week <laughs> <laughs> defense played fine on on to Cleveland Russ Number why three. haven't you been doing impressions this whole podcast Russ we've been missing we out on the gold mine the episodes now to get Russell's all right, let's. I'm gonna insert some impressions. Oh my god, that's so brilliant! Oh, One thing so I have good. to ask before we start uh, into the album, we have to talk about his voice before we start into this album. So Bob Dylan, his voice and his style is such kind of an acquired taste, and admittedly, I really enjoy it. But why do we like Dylan's voice when he's so different and he's so unique? Why, why do people like it so much? I think two things. One, it is different and unique. You can understand it. Um, he's got good, good catchy tunes, but he he has something to say, and he says it so brilliantly that it's like almost like he the way he says it makes it cool because of what the message is. Here's the thing: is that could you imagine him just being a songwriter and someone else singing his songs? Who else would Who else would sing his songs? Jimmy, there's a few of them. For he, example, yeah, he's the writer. Alone would be yeah. another one. I mean, like, there's a lot of. That's one of the great things about Dylan. But, like, but the, he's written but such the, great songs that covers of Dylan songs are great songs. Yeah, but those are the songs. I mean, they're not covering like, uh, they're not covering like Tombstone Blues, right? I mean, the ones where they're not covering that fucking what's that eleven minute song? Talking about long ass songs. I mean, this is the one where he was like, I don't want to condense this book. I want to read a whole book, and then he did the. The uh, the Desolation Row is just eleven minutes. He's I like, mean, yeah. So there's, there's I took I a mean, lot of I took a lot of methamphetamines that night. Fucking treasure trove of Dylan covers out there. Like so, there's Nina Simone's "I Shall Be Released." There's Billy Paul, "Don't Think Twice, It's All Right." Uh, I can't okay. think of any off of this album, but there's a whole subgenre of soul covers of Dylan tunes that will just knock your socks off. Whatever you say here is going to get erased because I look stupid, <laughs> okay? Because I said something no, and it turns out I'm totally wrong. Totally right. We need to stink the, for that where I say something and it turns out I'm totally, you're totally wrong. Right. You're saying, like, imagine someone else doing Dylan's tunes and it's happened and they're great because he writes great songs. I think they are really great. If you think about it, I was looking the other day, Bob Dylan has never had a number one hit. But he's written two songs no. that have been number what? one hits. So, Hey Mr. Tambourine Band was covered by the birds. It made it to number one. Wow. That's wild. And That's the awesome. other one is God All Along the smart. Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. So he right. has written two number one songs, but he has never had a number one song. That's crazy. You know, if I was a movie, I would put All Along the Watchtower as a song in the movie. Has anybody done that? <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's Rob's dumbass take of the week. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not letting you. Off that, the I swear to God, every you're, you're just full of smart takes in this. No, podcast. don't no. don't pump me up now. Every episode I've said something. You know what I said in, at the the Beatles one is like, I love this first song, Taxman. You guys were like, No, that song sucks. Sounds like 
Yeah, it does no, suck. What am I no, talking about? That song sucked. <laughs> I have I have no opinion. Like my opinion is just like water. It just goes however the shape of the container. I, I Bruce Lee. I, I, I know whatever. that there are no stupid questions, only stupid people that ask questions, but I have another question about covers. <laughs> Does Bob Dylan have to approve all these people that cover his songs, or does his management team do it, or can just anyone do it? How how do all these people cover all these Bob Dylan songs? It's, and does he ever hear like that band Hanson? They come up and they want to do an Mbop version of Rolling Stone, and he says no. Or how does that work? I think covers back in the day might have been different than they are now, and sampling was a whole different thing that brought like actual court cases about taking other people's stuff, but. I mean, like, yeah, the 70s and 80s are just, like, full of covers, and I don't know how people get permission to do that or not. 40s, right. 50s, I mean, everybody, yeah. And I think I think you could do whatever you want as long as you're giving credit and then paying the writer's, writer's right. take. All right. right. So That's each song has a writer's take. and So I went on the website Quora, which is definitely a real uh, fact-based website. Okay, are you ready? ready? Who gets paid for a cover? Okay, now a pop-up ad came up. Well, now, wait a minute. There's singles in my area. Yes, I would like <laughs> Okay, now I have a virus. Oh, it's gonorrhea. I just got an email from my doctor. I have gonorrhea. Uh, just kidding. That's what a bacteria. So here's the thing. It's- That's not good for the wipe swapping, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> That's on my Bumble. It's part of the problem. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Should uh, I, see, should I this- take that off my Bumble profile? Is that what's been killing me the whole time? <laughs> Gonorrhea is not just a country. I do want to end just the summary of the album by saying there's a great quote at the end of this Rolling Stone article I read where he said, I know the music is more real than the booze. He's like, now I'm making music I want to make. Basically, screw the fans. I mean, that's the thing, right? How would you like to be at that Dylan concert? And he plays basically what is going to be known as one of the greatest albums of all time. And you're just like, boo, you suck. Play, you know, I want to hear that one with the cannonball flies. Guys, what's that name of that song? I can put it in later. The times they are a changing. The t- no, what's the one where the, how the many times, times they are changing? Wait, let me get through it. Edit point. Sorry, blowing in the wind. That's blowing, blowing in the wind. Thank you, idiot. You thought it was times of changing. You're dumb. You're off the podcast. Get your wife on there. Send doctor, news. doctor, this is like tell me the news. We got a replacement for Aaron on the pod. Making our own stinks now. <laughs> what do you I, think? I don't, yeah, I don't blame anybody who booed Bob Dylan at this stuff because <laughs> it's kind of, if, if I was going to a Hootie and the Blowfish concert and he started playing his country bullshit. Okay, so I'd I want to pause you right now. You've just compared Bob Dylan to Hootie. Right. No. <laughs> but, you know, like it's, it's, he, he's coming out and saying, I got you. You should like this music, right? And you're expecting to go hear something else. You know, yeah, great. You might like it later on, but like, this is not what I came to hear. So if I'm going to a, if I'm going to a rap concert and somebody busts out into some ballet music, right? I don't know. Well, and I <laughs> I did go to a Ghostface show and he was he just played like uh, Teddy Pendergrass tunes and asked the ladies to come up on stage and grind with them. That was kind of disappointing. Yeah, well, that, that's that's one reason I was always I I was always so nervous about live music because I heard about people who went and saw Prince, for example, and he had a whole tour where he didn't play his old. Purple Rain stuff, and he, all he played was this new stuff, and everybody's like, okay, yeah, what? But, I mean, it's right. a fine line between, like, oh, he's going to just play musicology and, you know, Highway 61 Revisited. Like, most artists, their new albums suck. Wait, has anyone ever right? played like, we, that's what we've seen. Yeah. musicology and Highway 61 Revisited? That would have to be a very versatile band. <laughs> that band would have to be able to be on the one as well as playing some jangly blues tunes. 
Q Russ yeah, feverishly exactly. googling anything about Beck right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, Russell. Sometimes you got to pull up your Google search history and just read it one by one. That's gonna be a that's gonna be our Patreon. Our Patreon is gonna be Rosie going through his YouTube history and just reading them one by one, and Russ going through his Google searches just one by one. There, there, there's a there's a huge song, there's a huge trend towards back anti folk, and how can I improve my Bumble profile? <laughs> All right. Should we head through this album? Should we Let's go through the track the by album, track? Rob. Let's do it. What if Let's you said no and we just track. turned off the podcast? I just played the theme song and that was it. What All a right. Great album for the keys this thing is, man. Like it just the keyboard playing on the whole album, top to bottom. Organ, well, I will, piano. The guy who played that keyboard riff on Like a Rolling Stone that's so famous is not a keyboard player. He was a guitar player and he literally came in and sat down at the session and was like, Yeah, I'll play the keyboard. He had never played the keyboard before. Now, he is the one who was playing the keyboard at that live show where he got booed as well. But this keyboard riff you hear was improvised by that guy. That's and totally he just awesome. sat down. And guess just what? Just trying to impress everybody. Do you want to guess what that guy wore around his neck on a necklace? That whistle that goes, <laughs> So this guy is probably, <laughs> this guy is better than Bob Dylan. Uh, Al Cooper. It's a guy named Al Cooper. He is better than Bob Dylan. He had the whistle With and he played the keyboard. Yeah. Great start to the album. Just goes right oh, in. Oh, you think? That. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Hot take. Hot take by Matt. Like a Rolling Stone. Good song. I, 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 where do you guys rank this as a start of an album compared to Sgt. Pepper's and the Pet Sounds album? I put this first, Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds is right behind it. Some people love Taxman. Recency bias, like this is number one to me. Like this is way better than Sgt. Pepper's or uh, the first song on Pet Sounds. You know, I'll tell yeah, you I'd what. Li- <sighs> I'd rather listen to this than wouldn't be nice. It turns out a lot of these songs on this list are pretty good. I don't know if that's surprising <laughs> to everybody. Our whole podcast is us being like, this album's good. We well, like it. This that's song, yeah, this song is actually really, I, really good, Rob. Right? It. I think Rolling Stone rated this the number one song of all time. Yeah, number the number one song time. of all time. So I was looking at the Rolling Stone. We're not covering the, the number one songs, but I was looking at the list, and I thought we could just kind of go through the top five and see if you guys see where you think this ranks in the top five. So right, okay. number five is Aretha Franklin Respect. What you want? Number four, oh. Marvin Gaye, What's Going On? Mother, mother, there's too many of you crying. Brother, 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 there's far too many of you dying. You know. Number three, John yeah. Lennon, Imagine. Imagine all the people. Number two, Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Number one, 
then number one is this song by Bob Dylan. What's going on? Imagine and satisfaction. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes. This is number six. I forgot number six. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes. By the way, this song is three minutes long. If you go to any part of the song, you do, bro. Version certified freak. I would rather listen to this than any of those songs. If you were like me and you turned 18 in 1998 and you went to strip clubs, you heard that song all the time. <laughs> and I didn't. Uh, I'm going to re erase wait, wait, wait. that. That, that, was, the song, that was the song you heard in strip clubs when you were 18? You didn't hear, hear Two Lev Crew? That was the song. Well, you know what? I, I, I mostly was outside strip clubs protesting. Yes. Respect women. <laughs> you respect women. Yeah. So getting us back on track a little bit, where would you rank this song compared to Respect, What's Going On, Imagine, and Satisfaction? And does it deserve I, to be I the think number one song of all time? I think Satisfaction is up there. I I, I mean... I put, I put it, I put I it number I two. I, I put Satisfaction one, this two, Respect... I mean, imagine it's kind of a it's a good song. I just I don't think it's a top five song. Rosie, that, I think I would. So I would put Imagine number one only because when I was a senior in high school, I convinced the student council to make Imagine our homecoming theme, and I was so proud of myself. Oh wait, my wait, wait, God! Wait, really, you were going to change the world. Everybody's looking at you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're a loser. <laughs> you were a student. You, Let's you beat him up. Can I beat you up over Zoom? <laughs> You convinced the student council, like yeah. you, you decided, oh, we don't need pop machines. We need to, we need to focus on this music. You were a lobbyist for the student council. We need to imagine to be the fall homecoming. It wasn't even prom. It was the homecoming theme. Yeah. So I think imagine is like that. I mean, it's been downhill. From still me since falling then. on this sword. That's the highlight of my, 22 years of later. My, he's yeah. still falling on this sword. Yeah. It's the most influential. All right. I've so ever I think, I life, think, so. I think the point is, is we could argue, you could move all these five songs up and down, however you wanted. But I think what our listeners want to know and what I really want to know is what is your guys? Number one song of all time, Matt, why don't we start with you? Harvest moon by Neil Young. That's how I'm going. Top song of all time. Nice. And Matt, don't you don't you okay, have a kind of a we, running list of one to a hundred, and you you move songs up and down, or tell us about that list. In and out, not yeah, not not up and down, but I move them in and out. So I've got a on my Amazon Music, I've got uh, my my hundred favorite songs of all time at the present time. So you know things move in and out. Uh, Twenty One Pilots is pushing a lot of stuff in and out lately, uh, but it was dominated by Pearl Jam early. And as I find songs, I move stuff in and out to get my top 100 of all time. But then I don't rank them like one of 100. Just here's my 100 songs. So wait, you have a list? Do you have yeah. a physical list? We could tweet it out, Rob, if you'd like. <laughs> tweet it out at Beck Hard to argue Better. Really young. How about Seven you, Aaron? Beck. If you had to rank your number one song of all time, what would it be? I thought about this a lot uh, in preparation for this podcast because I was thinking about the fact that uh, uh, like, like Rolling Stone is the number one song of all time. So I can come up with three songs uh, that at various points in my life have been the number one 
I would say the number one song that uh, fires me up and lights my loins on fire is Sweet Child of Mine. There was a time in my life where I really that. thought that, uh, see, I mean, come on. Like, that comes in. I'm, I'm just, I just flipped over a <laughs> thing. It's, it's got thir- 38 burpees. Did you have to ask your wife to move <laughs> the deck yeah. down to the deck area before you announced that Guns N' Roses was your favorite? They had a, your all-time favorite song. No, that was her. That was that was her, his wife's doctoral thesis was on Guns N' Roses. Yeah, That's the exercise. What's yeah. The best? Uh, but I would say I also at times in my life uh, would have said uh, "Somebody to Love" by Queen, but I wouldn't say that anymore. I would say the number one pop song of all time I've is been "I've Been Loving You Too Long" by Otis Redding. I couldn't pick. St- Two songs that are more different than Sweet Child of Mine. I mean, this is like the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, but here, listen to this guitar. Steve Cropper is crushing with these little licks. And then this, this is why the, you were student council president. You could see both back. sides. No, no, no. He wasn't the president. He lobbied. He, he was a lobbyist. And you want to be. I was not the president. I was on the student council. I just was not. I had to. I didn't have much. His power. wife was the president. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she drives him everywhere. She drove, <laughs> yeah. She drove him to school every day. Rob, what is your number one song of all time? I'm the treasurer. Listen, you guys are idiots. Okay, what does the number one, what does the number one rock and roll song of all time need? Okay, it needs mm. a kick-ass guitar solo. What would make it better? Oh, I don't know. Maybe two kick-ass guitar solos. Uh, maybe the greatest guitar player of all time. Maybe the one of the greatest frontmen of all time, and maybe the greatest drum intro of all time. Ooh, woo! Might have okay. 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 three. Okay. okay, what's gonna happen? Here? What's gonna happen here, Rob? <laughs> Wait, are these sense. the guys who played the drums outside the Target Center after a Timberwolves game? <laughs> <laughs> No, it is true that I have the song on a number of playlists, and then when I was working in a weight room in school, the song would come up sometimes, and I would have to immediately change it because I was a teacher and playing it out for teachers in front of students is not great. But, I mean, just listen to this, and it has what all of your songs are totally missing. This video kicks ass. It imagines a world where the teachers are wearing swimsuits and they are hot. Yes, it is everything I need. This is the single greatest song of all time. All other songs suck. Rob, they should come out with a new version where it's like, I'm hot for virtual teacher. Now that you all have to teach virtually, (laughs) I'm hot for virtual teacher. (laughs) She's sending me those Zoom links. But the thing is, this little interlude sounds like ZZ Top to me. I can't really, I don't know. Oh, what are you talking about? ZZ Top was uh, Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitar player. Oh, yeah. Who knows stuff about music now? I do. You guys suck. It's true, by the way. Jimi Hendrix's favorite guitar player was the guy from ZZ Top. All those are that. great songs. I'll, I'll make sure to add them to the lists of records that I'm going to steal from my mom next time I go home. <laughs> if your mom has Hot for Teacher on record, that would rule. That'd be so awesome. That would be that'd be pretty that'd be pretty sweet. I came down to two songs. My first is either Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash. Oh, if I were stranded yes. on an, a desert island and I could only hear two songs for the rest of my life. Hello, I'm the first Johnny one Cash. would be Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. 
I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around a bend. And I now imagine that a teacher is taking their clothes off to this song. Oh yeah. Time keeps dragging on. My virtual teacher keeps giving me the finger at the beginning of our Zoom call. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know what's going on there. But if if my if my Johnny Cash album got warped in the sun while I was out there on the island, I would have to go with Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. There is so much to that song and it's so fun. I'm gonna take Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Good choice. Did you know that did you know this song before Wayne's World? I I didn't know yeah, I didn't know. I don't think anyone knew that all of a sudden Wayne's World like ninety four, I think Wayne's World comes out. And this scene is like, I don't know, ten minutes in. And you're like, holy cow, what is this song? Yeah. Well, if you if you had to do a Lincoln Douglas style debate of Wayne's World versus a Bob Dylan album and like the greatest artistic <laughs> achievements in U.S. history, you could easily make a case for Wayne's World, right? Oh, totally. It, it car, there, car. I started listening to pop radio right around this time. Game on. And it was like it was like. You would hear all the songs of the day, and then Bohemian Rhapsody was played every like half hour. Like, think about that. That would be like what? What's what's us now? That was like twenty years before. So that would be like us playing a song from the two thousand. That would be like if all of a sudden there's a movie that's had Low by Flo Rider, and it just became like a huge hit like, again. Bye, bye, the kids. Bye. Like it's wild. Like it, it makes. <laughs> hey, enough of this subject. Game <laughs> off. Game on. <laughs> Game off. <laughs> Let's get back to Tombstone News, Rob. I thought when it was had to do with the Tombstone, it was going to be that Undertaker theme song from pro wrestling, like with the big gong. And then I heard this voice, and I was like, what? I did not sign up for this. I was ready for I thought this is when you open up a frozen pizza, and there's only like six pepperonis on there, and you're like, I've got the Tombstone Blues, big time. They only give you like 13 pepperonis, and used used to 16. Ma, there's not enough pepperonis. God dang it. Who had a better run? This song, Tombstone Blues, or oh. Tombstone Pizza? If I had to pick between never hearing this song again or never eating a Tombstone Pizza, Tombstone Blues, you gotta go. See ya. <laughs> the great thing about this song, I'm here to tell you guys, here's what's great about this song. Bob Dylan shouts out Ma Rainey in this song. Ma Rainey, Ma Rainey one of the early blues singers. And Ma Rainey has a great dirty song called Shave Em Dry Blues. What? I did What's some research called? on this. Shave them dry, blues. Shave them dry. Yep. Right? And so for sure, Bob Dylan listened to Ma Rainey. But here's what's great about this song. It was a traditional blues song. I did a, a little bit of research today. Shame. Shave them dry. And Ma Rainey is our best way to draw a through line from Highway 61 Revisited to today's number one phenomenon that's sweeping the nation, WAP, by Cardi B, because everybody who's been up in arms clutching their pearls about these lyrics didn't know that Ma Rainey was already singing about dirty lyrics way back in the 20s, and I had looked it up, Shave Them Dry was a euphemism for just, uh, you know, doing it without a lot of foreplay, but at the other side of the spectrum, clearly Cardi B and Megan know how to, like, get it going ahead of time, so this is what I was very excited to talk about. Excuse me as I go add Shave Them Dry to my Bumble profile. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I got news for you. That was a left field take. Oh, 
Aaron's left field take of the week. What the hell is he talking about? Oh, yeah. Russ just pulls out the Ma Rainey album that he took from his mom's basement. Shave him dry. This is such a crazy uh, song. It takes a lot to laugh. It takes a train to cry. Huh? What I love about, yeah, I mean, I can keep talking. You guys are going to hear my voice anymore, I, I got no notes of this song. Is you hear this, like, barroom piano, this kind of, like, out of borderline out-of-tune piano, and what I like about this album is that it's looking backwards, whereas Pet Sounds, Revolver, were, like, trying to move sound forward, and I feel like Bob Dylan was taking sounds from the past and doing something different with them. Well, you know, that's why he called the album Highway 61 Revisited, because at the time, Highway 61 went all the way from Duluth all the way down to Mississippi. So he wanted to give credit for him being born in Duluth, playing the songs that are from Mississippi. Now, if you type in Highway 61 Duluth, Highway 61 goes from Duluth up to like almost Canada. Like it's the saddest little scenic highway now. They've totally erased it with like the interstate. (laughs) It's pies though if you take Highway 61. But my understanding, Rob, was originally that that Highway 61 kind of went through all of these areas that were really famous for musical tradition, right? like Memphis and New Orleans. So it, it passes through where like Elvis St. was Louis. born and Muddy Waters and supposedly Robert Johnson, who we're going to touch on in a, in a few weeks. That's where he had the crossroads where he sold his soul to the devil. Uh, Ballad of a Thin Man. I have to say, I do love this song. This is the, uh, this is the end of the side one. Ballad of the Thin Man, this whole album reminds me, this song reminds me of watching like a Twin Peaks episode where it's just like wild shit after wild shit happening. But apparently this song is about uh, a protest song where he basically is talking to the media about like, you don't understand who I am, like, you don't know what I'm talking about. But I, I love it. I, I just... It's, I love that little spot where he kind of laughs while he's singing, mm-hmm. like they don't usually leave that kind of stuff in there and... Like, that's kind of cool. They left that little mistake. One in of there. the interesting things that that documentary I was watching kind of touched on is a lot of times before this, before Bob Dylan, protest songs were very direct and very straightforward and kind of narratives about something that happened. Whereas Bob Dylan kind of turned these protest songs into something about social institutions and how that impacts people and that people are not always like right or wrong or it's not always black or white and he kind of changed that so i thought that was really interesting and it's something i never really realized about his music it's so deep that's why when i listened to ballad of thin man i was like oh he said geek that's cool instead of thinking like oh this is about protest like i'm i'm too dumb i'm too dumb for bob dylan i think that's the problem queen jane approximately this song the rumor is this song is about joan baez I love this this guitar yep. strumming thing. Rob, you might know what that is. I don't know what that is. Uh, that's a guitar. They do it in uh, Tom Thumbs too. I read that he recorded this in 1965, but never played it live until 1987. And it kind of surprised me because it felt no like kind of a catchy tune, but he he didn't play it for 22 years. That make that would make uh, sense if it was about tune. if it was about Joan Baez. That makes sense because he uh, kind of holds those things close, and then wouldn't want to put that out there about her. Uh, something about that, like bring, like reminds me of I couldn't. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what that reminded me of, and it turns out it, it makes me think of the Dale Shannon song "Runaway," where it's like. Bring! And something about that, like, feel like that stuff that Dylan must have listened to. 
I love any. It's a great I love song. any of these Bob Dylan songs where the guitar is slow, and he is just packing so many words in over and over and over. Right. I just think that stuff is so fun. I especially love this song because it's an A B A B rhyme scheme. And listen, I know you guys know this, and I knew it before. I didn't have to look it up on Wikipedia. But if you listen to it, literally every other rhyme, every other line rhymes. It's just like, it's so great that he's doing this song. And again, he's dissing the whole folk movement with it. But it's just, when you listen to it and you hear, listen, I am complimenting him for rhyming words, okay? So like, I don't know if this is the point of the podcast where we just all quit and go home when I'm like, hey, Bob Dylan rhymes. And everybody's like, holy shit, Rob, you're the smartest guy in the, <laughs> the podcast. The words rhyme. So Nailed did it. you guys know that Bob Dylan's first ever recording performance was on the harmonica in 1962 on Harry Belafonte's song Midnight Special? And so when Bob oh, Dylan showed what? up, he was actually billed as kind of this budding harmonica star. And so if we want to go to the end of this Queen Jane song, Rob. Okay. Oh, my God. Is this the part? This harmonica. Well, let's. We got to go with about 40 seconds to go, and we're going to hear the harmonica. And to me, this harmonica is kind of abrasive, if you will. Uh, you think? God, you, could, you oh. could shred cheese with this thing. Jesus Christ. That's not pretty, guys. And if you, if you, if you do any research on Bob Dylan and the harmonica, a lot I of people I can't hear you. There's too much harmonica. Bob Dylan's <laughs> harmonica. So I started wondering... Is there any chance that Beck plays a more pleasurable <laughs> harmonica than Bob Dylan? So, Rob, if you can pull up One Foot in the Grave by Beck and jump about 10 seconds into the song, we'll let Matt and Aaron judge whether Beck does it better. Is Beck playing yes. the harmonica here? Then yes, Beck did it better. Well, this doesn't make me want to. This nice. doesn't make me want to poke my eardrums out with a pencil. So I would say this is better. <laughs> the Stevie Wonder did it. Did oh, shut up with that! Harmonica. <laughs> Harmonicas, fellas. What do you think? Who did it better? I, I gotta get it to did it better. Rob, who did it better? Beck did it better. Thank oh you. yeah. <laughs> Next song. I got, Russell. Can I just say this? Yeah. The fact that you found a Beck song where he plays harmonica blows my mind. What exactly did you type into Google to find that? I can't tell you all the work I'm putting in to try to, to, try to find the answers to, to establish the, my thesis here. Jesus. He didn't type it into Google. He bought Beck's entire discography on vinyl with, with his new suitcase turntable, and he listened to every minute of a Beck song until he well, found it. Well, now I feel like I have to read. He was digging now I feel crates. like I have to redo it all because I've been listening to it through my Samsung speakers for the last th oh few my weeks. God. <laughs> oh, no. Aaron just threw his phone across the yard. He's so mad. <laughs> all right. I like how Aaron is mad that he uh, that you are not listening to it on a record. And yet for almost every episode, he's been recording on like a gramophone from like the 1800s. <laughs> Hold on, he's hold like, on. I, gotta, I really care. I got to fire up the rotary. He's like, yeah. He's fair, like, I really care about audio quality. Criticism. And then every recording is like, <laughs> Beatles. All right, and that was fair criticism. And that was not nice of me to do, but it was very funny. It's like we're all back. In, it's like I'm on the. It's like I'm on the student council. All right. So just to remind you, the guy that played the organ solo on Like a Rolling Stone also brought in. Probably the greatest instrument of all time. 
What is that? What the hell is that? That is what on Amazon is known as a Acme Siren. Now, I love this song. Bob Dylan's dad is actually named Abraham. So a lot of people think that Bob Dylan is referring to himself as the son. I mean, obviously, it's to the biblical story. Yeah, that's pretty wild when you hear that Dylan's dad was named Abraham. That's pretty wild. This this song is a freaking jam. It's got a boogie beat. I mean, it's like you listen to this song and I, you just can't help but ch- tap your foot to the whole time. Oh, I love it. It, it, it. This is another song where the music is excellent. It's outrageous that people would listen to this album and be like mad at Bob Dylan. Can you imagine playing this song and you're like, oh, you suck. We want to hear Blowing in the Wind. Nailed it that time. By the I way. think one of the interesting and, things about this song is it's about a highway, right? We, were, we already talked about how this is about this highway that kind of runs all the way from Duluth all the way through all these music traditional or historically music cities. So it started, it started making like me Duluth. wonder, what is the greatest song ever about, hi- about a highway? It's, 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 it's time. Four, three, two, one. For another better, better countdown. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I did that one so slow. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. When I'm recording these in front of my kids, they look at me like. But I will say I was on, I went to the beach the other day and my kid brought a friend. And guess what my daughter told my, told the kid, told her friend. Oh, you got to listen to the theme of the podcast. It's really good. <laughs> so then we listen to the theme, and they're like, "Oh, that's good." And then the friend's like, "Oh, I want to listen to the podcast." And I was like, "Oh no, 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 you cannot listen to this. You cannot listen to this podcast. You will never be allowed to come over again if you listen to the podcast." You probably told her to get back on that highway and drive yeah. south and get the hell out of there. So here we go. No, I'm you, give you, guys you actually don't say the- that to daughter's friends, Russ. This is one. That, I think after we give you Bumble tips and then you have a kid, we will also give you parenting <laughs> tips. You cannot tell a 11-year-old friend to get on the highway and drive south out of here. I, I don't think that parenting tip was in the credits at the end of the movie Child's Play 2, so I'm going to disregard this. Child's Play 2, it's not okay. the first one. We gotta, we gotta move on before we I go. start making features. Here we jokes. go. The greatest song ever about highways. And just to give you guys some clarification, if it's not mentioning the highway, I'm not going to put it on the list. So Route 66 is one of the greatest songs ever, and that is a highway. But they don't ever mention the word highway, so that Fair. is off the list. How about Interstate Love Song? Also off the list. God damn it. All right, For- we're going to start... There's got to be a lot of country songs that have songs about highways. So we're going to start with The Highwaymen, Highwayman. Oh, we're Johnny Cash heavy today, and I love it. Oof, this was a, I feel like this was a rough period in terms of country production. I was production. a highwayman along the coach roads I did ride. Yeah, but this I song mean, is good. so good. It's about it's a bunch like of bad so guys who die. And anesthetized production, I can't get into it. Still a great song. Well, when I think of anesthetized production or whatever that word was, I like to go all the way back to Hank Williams' 40 Greatest Hits. <laughs> and what about Lost Highway by Hank Williams? Oh, Lord. Just another guy on the lost highway. This is a Lost Highway is nothing for you. Matt's already lost This is a killer song, man. It's so good. <laughs> Deck of cars and a jug of wine. That's where we're at. It goes way beyond country songs, though. There's so many different genres with highway songs that are fun. How about 
If you guys remember America and George Martin, I don't know if this is also the guy who did Game of Thrones, but America and George Martin with Ventura Highway. This guy's everywhere, man. Oh, this is a good song. one i'd have to go hank williams for now but 45 seconds ahead rob you don't care i know still, still waiting for the best one just waiting Aaron, I could easily see you sitting in the sidecar of your woman's motorcycle, cruising oh, yeah. up the Pacific Coast Highway to cruising this song. Cruising down Highway 1, <laughs> listen to this song, man. No doubt. Hey, stay within, stay within the yellow lines there. <laughs> and the license plate says Dr. Music. But sometimes the highway can get a little sunny, and we need to go to the Sunshine Highway by the Dropkick Murphys. Smoking cigars to the sun came on. I was hoping this was going to be on the list. This is the winner. Yeah. I didn't know the Dropkick Murphys made any other songs beside the one of theirs that I know. Yeah, shipping up to Boston, right? That's yeah. the only one I know. It's unfortunate that Aaron's so out of touch with current music. <laughs> you know, I, like, I came to this podcast thinking we would be talking about current music, and I've got all these hit songs from like the last 15 years, and Aaron's not familiar with them. Man, I tried to bring WAP into yep. this kind of, this podcast, and it didn't even get played yet. It's it's too it's too risque. But, it doesn't have a highway Rob, in it. Rob, the yeah. sun's not always shining. Sometimes you're heading on that highway to hell by ACDC. If you want to jump about to 240 remaining, the use of silence in this intro. That's a great point, actually, about silence. I love that. Such a rocking tune. We've gone through the sunny highways and the hell highways and the country highways. So we got to really get to the leaders in the clubhouse. I think that there are two leaders in the clubhouse. And the first one is Highway Child by Jimi Hendrix. Jeez. Wait, I thought this was, I thought this was Highway Chili. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to say that joke again because nobody laughed. I thought this was Highway Chili. <laughs> I think there's this spot right off Route 61 where they serve amazing chili. And whenever you order it, there's this Jimi Hendrix impersonator that comes out and just starts rocking on the acoustic guitar. And then the fans get super pissed at him because he's not playing an electric guitar. Yeah. And the last option for you guys is Tom Cochran, Life is a Highway. It's coming. It's coming. Oh my god. Is there a song that reminds me more of Junior High than this song? I really love this song. And I will say it's so good. This is the obvious winner. I'm gonna delete the rest of this list, Russell. <laughs> this is by far the best. And I will say this: if you ever try to sing this song in karaoke. It is way higher than you think it is when you're singing it. it. No way. And you will strain your voice doing it, and you will be embarrassed because when you cannot hit that chorus, people look at you and judge you. I would never attempt it. Okay. Do you guys think, do you all agree Life life is a Highway is the greatest highway song ever? uh, I'm going to give the dissenting opinion and go with Lost Highway, but uh, it's close for me. 
that that is the best song, Russ. And I appreciate you bringing all those songs. And there's no way that there's a song that is not on that list that would be better than any of those songs. You know what, though, Rob? Sometimes rules are meant to be broken. And sometimes you need to buzz the tower even if you don't get clearance. Oh, my God. And sometimes you need to feel the need. The need for speed. And in honor of the upcoming Top Gun sequel, sometimes you need to take a trip on a highway to the danger zone. Man, props. Props, Russell. But the, the, the highway's in the song, but it's not in the title. Man, somebody's Russell. going nuts on the synths on this thing. Well, I'll give you a hint. It's either Kenny Loggins or whoever Messina is. Man, I did not see that coming. What, Highway to the Danger Zone? Because it's not called Highway to the Danger Zone. It's just called Danger Zone. <laughs> but, it, but no, but there's you're taking the highway to the danger zone, Rob. You, you can't just get there like on the jetway or like off the off the ship. You got to take the highway. That makes no sense. They're flying planes. They never. I don't think there's a highway in that whole movie. Yeah, man. There's the, He's on the highway when he's riding his motorcycle next to the runway and he's going, woo, like he's definitely on the highway. There's no way that's a highway. That's a frontage road at best. <laughs> but nobody's ever going to listen to a song called Frontage Road to the Danger Zone. Frontage Road to Frontage Road. That would be the best joke of the <laughs> That's our trailer. It's going to be that 30-second joke. All right. So let's go back to the list. What song were we on? I can't remember. Oh, Highway 61. Oh, yeah. Just like Tom Thumb Blues. I have to say, I this song. This is a banger. I love the I love the sound of it. Oh, it's a banger. And apparently they played this so many times that the musicians were so tired. This is like their 20th take or something. So that's why you get kind of this dragging feeling of the whole thing. This baseline is straight out of what, like um, up on the roof or on the boardwalk, maybe? Boom, 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 boom. And this is also one of these Bob Dylan songs that has absolutely no chorus. It's just him telling a story like the whole time. What is the probability that Bob Dylan has actually been to Juarez? He's, he's, he's wrapped up on speed right in this song. And he's like, okay, another verse, another verse, another verse. And they're like, of course he's like, I don't have time for a chorus. That's going to slow me down. I got a, I got an 11 minute song at the end of this album. I, don't, I can't make the song any longer. I, I can't add anything. And finally desolation row and we're going to listen to this whole song because I think there's a round at the end. <laughs> only, <laughs> it's only 11 minutes long. I notice he talks about like Albert Einstein in this song. Like this is the first time on this quest where I felt like I had to start Googling stuff during when I was listening to the music. You had to Google Albert Einstein? Yeah, supposedly he came up with this huge like huge theory that makes a lot of sense now have you heard of it listen i'm no einstein but seems like it's all makes... relative listen guys a frontage road to the danger zone okay is that still <laughs> funny can we rename the podcast <laughs> i i love that song i i think part of it is like him that's one where i would say rosie like how do you memorize all, all those, those lyrics yeah like Apparently, he was in a concert once with the Grateful Dead, and the Grateful Dead were like, hey, play this song. And he's like, oh, I can't just play any song of mine. Like, I need to get ready and kind of look at the lyrics and start to memorize them and get used to them. And he used to write some of the starting of the verses on his sleeves so he'd know what's going on. Oh, wow. But, I mean, an 11-minute song where there is not a part where he's not talking that whole time. It's just wild. 
And I would like to say at the end of that, he says that there's people on the Titanic yelling at each other, which side are you on? It's kind of like the United States. That's huh? Rob's Oof. hot take of the week. <laughs> yeah, that's it's getting deep. That is the saddest thing we've said so far. We'll see if we're all still one, here. One thing I noticed. Frontage Road to the Danger Zone. One thing I noticed that was a big difference between the Beach Boys songs and the Beatles songs and this album was that those songs are like two and a half minutes long and the Bob Dylan songs are like 10 minutes long, six minutes yeah. long. What do you guys think is the ideal length for a song? I'm going to say four and a half minutes. Yeah, I'd say that. Four and a half to five and a half. I don't know. What do you think about three minutes? How long is Hot for Teacher? The world's most perfect song. <laughs> That's the perfect length. I, I mean, honestly, though, like I, I did have trouble. Like I listened to this album and I bet I listened to the first half of it about five times and the second half of it about two. Because by the time I got to an 11 minute song, I was like, okay, like I get that he's talking about all this stuff, but no, you're right. Desolation Road is the one I've listened to the least probably. Cause yeah, it's like, well, it's 11 minutes and I'm moving on to try to like not burn this macaroni or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's get to our final rating system. Oh, by the way, that was the only acoustic song on the whole album. So right. that's Back a smart thing roots. for me to say. Yeah. Yeah. After he spent most of the album making fun of all the people who he did started with is would you say this album is rolling well toned that means it's not it's perfect at number four would you say it's rolling boned it's too high it should be lower on the list or is this a rolling groan it's too high it should be a lower number uh matt let's start with you what do you think rolling well toned rolling boned or rolling groan and these are great this rating system i think a lot of hashtags on twitter if you if you love the rating system call the beck line at 802-277-BECK. If you don't like the rating system, call the Beck line, 802-227-BECK. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, hashtag rolling well-toned. I think this is perfect as like a top 10 album. Um, you know, the four feels like right. It's not the best of all time, but it's certainly up there. Not to say that the three that are ahead of it are are better than it, but I think, you know, from a from a standpoint of the top 500 of all time, this fits in well in the number four position. So hashtag rolling well-toned. All right, Aaron, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? I got to just run back on the science on the uh, rating system. Rolling boned is too low on the list, correct? It should be higher. So two, it means the song itself got boned. Got it. Okay, so, which is probably going to get me canceled. And that means it's too low on the list. By too low, I mean the number is too high. So, I gotta, so it should be lower on the list, a.k.a. a lower number, a.k.a. higher on the list. I hear the list you. is vertically AKA, going AKA, down. A.k.a. better. I hear you. Yeah, exactly. Here's what I have to say. I have Today fully, was a good day. I've been listening to a lot of Funkadelic, and I'm fully on uh, feeling like Funkadelic should have been number one on all these lists. But given <laughs> that we haven't gotten to a Funkadelic album, album yet, I'm going to just compare this one to the others that rank ahead of it. And I have to say it is rolling. Wait, 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 wait. So, so our, our 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 only person that has any sort of musical credentials, yeah, is now using not the rolling well boned or rolling groaned scale. You're comparing it to some other thing, psychedelic. We don't yeah. even know what you're comparing it to. Would you say, Rosie? Would you say this song gets up for the downstroke? I would say it gets way up for the downstroke. Yes. Mm. What I'm saying is, I'm I'm leading into what my final rating is going to be and i just want to say that my rating is based purely on the other albums that rank ahead of it on the list and i'm going to say rolling boned it should have been higher it's an album that sounds like music it respects music i 
didn't mention in my uh, Ma Rainey tangent that I do respect this album for being the first one to actually shout out a black musician by name because they were all stealing from black, mu- black musicians. And so I'd say it's got to be higher on the list. It got rolling, boned. I will say it does feel like when Bob Dylan is doing these, he's not copying them. It feels like he is doing like he's paying respect to it and kind of putting his own twist on it. And I think a big part of that is the lyrics. Uh, big surprise for me, this album gets a like a rolling. There's too much harmonica. The harmonica bugs me. It's a perfect album. And then a harmonica plays and it feels like my brain's about to explode. So worst album ever. Best song ever is still uh, God Only Knows, followed closely by Hot for Teacher, which, by the way, first two songs of my wedding so it's perfect we didn't get all Russell's right rating. we missed russell oh rating. my god russell would you say this album is rolling well toned rolling boned or rolling grown i think this has been the hardest one to tell whether it's been overrated or underrated or boned or groaned or toned <laughs> <laughs> i think it's by the way really... I'm, I'm starting a gym that's the title <laughs> of the gym grown, <laughs> I think it's a great album and there's a lot of super interesting songs and I would rate it ahead of Revolver and rate it ahead of Pet Sounds, but it's not my favorite Bob Dylan album. So it's very tough, but I'm going to say it's it's rolling well-toned. It should be in this top 10 list. The one thing I will say is Rolling Stone also had a reader's poll where they asked readers to rank albums and this album ranked 46th on the list. It was much lower than all of the other albums that were ranked in the top five. And so I think there's, there's some part of this album where it's getting ranked really high because it's this influential album because Dylan has now gone electric completely. And I really enjoy the album, but I think it's rolling well-toned hashtag rolling. What are the other ones? Rob? (laughs) Well, you can't just, it's rolling bone, rolling grown. Guys, I'm gonna say rolling don't act like you don't remember these because they're perfect, okay? I'm going to say rolling it's well. so cute. Tone. You it guys act like you forget. Be, it, it should be in the top 10, but it's not my favorite Bob Dylan album. All right. That is it for Bob Dylan Highway 61 Revisited. Next album we are going to do is, guys, I got a hint for you. It's another B band. It's the Beatles with Rubber Soul. So I will have to find more things to talk about with the Beatles, but guess who gets to make a comeback? Hey, guess what? It's me. I look like a grandmother. Ringo Starr. That's an old joke. Hey, we haven't heard from Paul McCartney in a while. Excellent. We're so glad to have him back on the podcast. It's always a George Harrison and nobody ever gets it. They cry every night. All right. That is it for Beck Did It Better. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear four guys who chat and then they get off track, track. I've got the perfect podcast for you. Podcast Did It Better. I think those lyrics are just as good as like a Rolling Stone. It makes me think. <laughs> what if, Rob? What if? 